All righty, welcome back for another episode of Two Plane Sports. It's just us two today. Uh, some of you will be extremely excited that Brandon is here, is not here, and some of you will be very disappointed that he's not here. Uh, he decided that he had a few other obligations to take care of while we're recording this, so you just get us two today. Uh, we're gonna do a hoot at uh, this one. I mean, it's been a little, it's been a couple weeks since we released one, just because there's been so much recruiting. Uh, this one we're gonna talk about Grayson Halton. I think a kid that hasn't gotten a lot of uh, hype or a lot of momentum uh, since his commitment, and a lot of people ha- are, haven't been talking about him at all. I think this is someone that is extremely has an extremely high ceiling and has a lot of potential. Uh, but before we get into it, just want to say we really appreciate it. Um, we got a goal of 10,000 subscribers this fall or by the end of this year, um, you know, we're a little over 4,000. So if you keep coming back, hit the subscribe button, turn the notification bell, uh, like the video, comment on the video, let us know what you think about Grayson Halton and, uh, be sure to follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, find us on Apple and Spotify when you're on the move and you can't watch the YouTube video. So we'll get right into it. Um, Grayson Halton. 6'2", 272 pounds from St. Augustine High School in San Diego, California. That weight and height is according to Sooner Sports. So they've done their measurements. Well, I I guess they really haven't done their measurements considering he's not on campus. But that's according to Sooner Sports. Uh, He was a 2023 four-star, number 260 overall, and number 35 defensive lineman in the class. Uh, Last year as a senior, he had 75 total tackles. Uh, of those 20 were ta- tackles for loss and five and a half sacks. He also plays, you know, he's a defensive end, uh, kind of mo- plays in every position along the defensive line. Uh, he also played some tight end as a senior in high school, 14 catches, 195 yards and five touchdowns as a senior. Um, he has a total of 20 offers. Um, he had offers obviously from Oklahoma, Oregon, Texas, Miami, USC, Penn State, and others. Uh, great schools had a lot of opportunities to go play wherever he wanted. Um, kind of his kind of his um, timeline. So this was someone that we didn't, you know, if you've been with us for a while, we didn't talk about him very long and very much uh, because whenever, but when Lincoln Riley was still here. He was not a target. He committed to Oregon uh, on January 27, 2021. Uh, you know, so he stayed committed. I mean, he committed well over a year ago at this point. Um, he stayed committed all the way through. Crystal Ball ended up leaving Oregon on December 6th, and um, he still stayed committed. And then I think he he started really second-guessing himself whenever the new staff started getting hired in. Um, some of the New staff wasn't prioritizing him, so he ended up taking a visit to Miami and Oklahoma, and quickly after that, after his visit to Oklahoma, uh, OU and Brent Venables, they were able to uh, give him an offer on December 30th. He visited late January, and then they got him to sign early February for National Signing Day. Um, so that's kind of his timeline. Um, Jose, what do you think about him? Um Kind of someone that just came on the scene on, on our radar really late and quickly. Uh, what do you think about him? Yeah, I think I'm pretty excited about him. Whenever we were talking about him back during his quick recruitment and then commitment, I pointed out how thick he is at the bottom half of his body. He's got tree trunks for legs, which is very good whenever you're looking at defensive linemen. There's a lot of power that he can generate. Um, which I, so I think that'll benefit him when we were talking about it right before we started recording, he is slightly undersized. Um, so to me, I kind of compared him to maybe more of a Jalen Redmond 
<clears throat> Isaiah Thomas like like guy, very versatile, but their bodies probably with how the defensive line is looking for the future and moving to the SEC, more than likely going to be exclusively out on the outside <clears throat> playing defensive end, um, outside linebacker, whatever, you know, however the scheme sets him up. Essentially, he'll be outside rushing the passer and, and uh, making sure that he can uh, block the edge. But I think he'll he'll ultimately be, I think, a pretty good contributor. That's what I hope, at least. Um, kind of like Reggie Grimes. I was super excited about Grimes when he came into Oklahoma. I feel like I have the same feeling about Grayson. And Grayson's already integrated himself pretty well into, like, Sooner Twitter, like, Sooner Nation. He... He's uh, doing dance-offs with uh, Indy Sooner. I'm sure some of you guys watching uh, probably watch him every once in a while. Um, he's very entertaining. Seems like he has a big personality, and I think that's going to be fun to watch on the field whenever he gets a sack. I'm sure he's going to have a, a huge celebration. Um, you know, when something good happens, he'll probably be hyping up the crowd. At, so th- those are the kind of players that are exciting to watch because while it's always nice to have those mean dudes that are just going to tear someone's head off, I'm also a fan of those. It's also good to have the other end of the spectrum that's going to be a little bit more lighthearted, kind of like a, um, I don't know if you, but people that watch basketball like Dwight Howard, that's always smiling no matter how mean he was back in his prime, kind of like that, which is going to be a good addition to the defensive line room. But he does have a lot, a big uphill battle because he isn't an early enrollee. He'll be coming into the summer. Um, you know, he's going to have his work cut out for him in regards to this getting any playing time this year. I'm sure we'll see him a couple of times during the early season during the uh, non-conference games. Don't know if we'll see him against Nebraska, um, but we'll definitely see him against uh, UTEP. I would assume, you know, hopefully we we're blowing them out and not having to stress about that game, but pretty much if it's a blowout game, that's when I would expect to see him next year, more than likely going to be a red shirt, but I mean, it's not because his lack of talent. It's just that that defensive line room right now is very, very deep. Um, And it's going to be tough to scrape any time off the guys that are going to be starting or being the the regular rotation guys. Yeah, I I definitely agree. I don't think he's going to really be seeing much of the plane, you know, the field this year, just because the sheer talent in front of him. Um, so I don't I don't think I need to do the over under on playing times or stats or whatever, because he's not going to play a whole lot. Um, you know, I watched some of his tape in high school uh, just a little bit ago. From what I saw, obviously, he plays both sides of the ball. Uh, he can play any position along the defensive line, which is great to have that versatility. You know, wherever wherever we're a little, uh, you know, after this upcoming season, whoever leaves for the draft, whoever enters into the transfer portal portal he will be able to slide any which way wherever we're a little bit more thin and he he'll probably end up there because he obviously he's going to want to see the field almost immediately um but he he's a guy that i you know he was also a tight end he could go up and go high point the ball he's actually like i feel like he's quicker than most people think he is uh just on his tape i mean he was burning corners and it just didn't look like they even expected that kind of speed Um, so he's got great speed. He can play multiple positions, extremely versatile, and he can hit and make open field tackles. That's the big thing. Open field tackles can wrap up, not hit with just, just a shoulder and try to deliver the the big blow to get them to fall over. He seems like he can follow through and don't get me wrong. He can hit hard. Um, I just feel like he's a high energy, 
high motor guy and someone that while he might not play this fall, I think we're going to see him very early in his playing career. Maybe, maybe as a redshirt freshman, if not a redshirt freshman, definitely his redshirt sophomore year. Um, he'll probably be playing a significant role along that defensive line, whether it's interior or the in position that's to, to be seen. I feel like he's going to play more of the interior. Um, I just, you know, it's six, two and granted he, he could grow. I mean, he could be six, three, six, four, but even at six, two and you're, you're two seventy, they might get him up just a little bit higher play that interior line. I mean, he, he can stuff the run, um, as well. I mean, he's a great pass rusher, great, great interior guy. I mean, he could rush, and this might be a stretch as far as a comparison, but his play style is, it's kind of like Perrion Winfrey. I mean, Winfrey could give a lot of pressure up the middle, and Halton can do the same. Now, am I going to say he's going to be Perrion Winfrey? I don't know, but he he can give that pressure that a lot of guys can't at that interior position. I, whenever you were talking about it, one, I like that you mentioned the transfer portal. The reason I want to bring it up for him is because, like you said, he was committed to the Ducks back in 2000, like early 2020, 2020, 2021. I can't remember. 2021, right? So he's, and I believe he was one of their first commitments for that class. Pretty loyal guy, I would say. Like the only reason that he decommitted was because of the coaching changes at Oregon. Like if Chris Ball would have stayed, he would have never left Oregon and we'd be talking about you know, if we would ever be matched up with him, we'd probably be or matched up against Oregon, assuming that no coaching changes would have happened, probably would have talked about him and like the threat that he could have been to the Sooners. But luckily he's on our team now. And, you know, I just compared him to Isaiah Thomas and Jalen Redmond, but I was thinking about Brent Venables and Todd Bates, defensive linemen over the last five, 10 years that they've had, that they've been at their <clears throat> five years that they were at Clemson. His personality, along with coming in out of high school, he's kind of like Christian Wilkins. Very pretty big guys. They're not uh, they're not like super imposing. Their bodies aren't coming out of high school as 18-year-old kids, but there's a lot of development that can be done over the next year or two, especially over the next year while he's redshirted. He can probably gain a quick 20 pounds just by getting on the right meal plan. And then once you add the workout on top of that, I would expect him to probably be playing once he actually gets on the field around the 290, 295, um, maybe push 300 um, once he's in his junior or, or I guess redshirt sophomore, redshirt junior year, maybe pushing that 300 pounds, which would be ideal for him, especially if he does get the opportunity to go into the league. One, if he gets to that 6'3", 6'4", 295, 300-pound range, he'll be like, an ideal size and weight for the NFL. And I think he's with the right coaching staff to get him there. Todd Bates and coach uh, Chavis are going to help develop his body to get to that weight, making sure he can carry that weight correctly. Cause it's easy to just have this guy eat like 4,000 calories and just be like, all right, dude, go get, you know, McDonald's for breakfast, Chick-fil-A for lunch and get a couple pizza hut pizzas for, for dinner. And you'll, you know, blow up to 300 pounds in no time. Well, that's easy to do. Any one of us can do that, right? But if we, Coach Schmitty has to get him on the right meal plan so his body can carry 290, 295 and still play at that high level that he's used to coming out of high school. So that's one. Yeah. That, that's going to be the, the trick with him. 
because he is, you know, 270 is kind of light, especially if we expect him to help at all in the interior, because he can, like you said, but 270, he'll be pushed around by bigger offensive linemen, especially once he makes the transition to the SEC, because he will likely be part of that first class that will get that transition. Yeah, he, I definitely agree. I don't think they're going to keep him in the 270. Maybe if the old regime was here, uh, he he might be keeping around that weight. But I'd imagine, like you said, I mean, 285 to 295 most likely, because I just looked it up because I was curious as Wilkins came in as a freshman, you know, going into Clemson, he was 290. Perion Winfrey transferred. Obviously, he had two, a couple years at Juco. He came in as 305. Um, so right around that 290 to 300 pounds, that's probably where he's going to end up over the next year or so, especially if he puts another inch or two, um, get up to six, three, six, four, he could get to that point. Um, I, I think someone that he's definitely been overlooked untouched, and I think he's going to be pretty good. And I, it's something I want to talk about. I mean, not only is he really great and everything, but you know, we, this is kind of going with the current events right now, as far as people are wanting commits, 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 can this, can this staff recruit at an extremely high level? I want us to remember that this kid had no offer from Oklahoma as of December 29th, 2021. And then on February 2nd, he signed with the Sooners. Granted, I know that there were a little bit of um, special circumstances that he ended up leaving Oregon for. But you go from a kid that had 20 offers that any other school and a Texas, a USC, a Penn State, they all could have, you know, gotten him because he was right for the picking because he was leaving Oregon and he was open to the idea. I mean, he he was looking for a brand new school starting over, basically. And then OU came in and said, hey, we want you. We made you a priority. And look, he signed within a couple months. And this was a quote that I saw that I was reading is what sealed him, you know, sealed the deal being, you know, a sooner. And it was basically, he said his visit was, it was what sealed him uh, when coach Venables and, you know, he's an unbelievable guy and a very passionate coach and actually had both my parents near tears uh, when we sat down and talked and they're excited about me playing for a man like that. I really think that when Venables is, trying to close you out and trying to get your commitment at the, you know, right before signing day, just like he did because uh, Halton visited the end of January. And then within the next week, he signed to be a sooner. Um, I, I just think when it comes time to like to make your money and to really show why you're a great coach, I think Venables has that. You, some coaches can, some coaches can't. Uh, Nick Saban can, Kirby Smart can. Lincoln Riley, I don't know. There's been a lot of, you know, flips at the end of the last few recruiting cycles. How great of a closer is he? I mean, there weren't many guys that flipped from Clemson. I mean, think about it. I know it's Dabo Sweeney's team, but Venables was just as critical and crucial in his, you know, in the success of that program. I I really think we need to remember that a guy that was a four-star, a a great defensive lineman, a terrific athlete. Venables was able to close him out. And I mean, obviously Chavis helped as well within two months. I just think that's something to really think about. Yeah. And that just shows like when it's crunch time, right? These commits are going to come like right now. We, 
it's March or it's May. And I know like in the old staff, we probably would have had a half, the half the class would be full for the total amount. You know, we'd probably be in like that 10 to 12 commit range, um, especially on the offensive side of the ball. But like one Brent Venables is, and this staff has really only been here since January. And I'm not trying to say that's an excuse because I, I think I brought it up right a couple of videos ago. Like it seems like we're really slow with this 2023 recruitment because every time we talk about recruits, it seems like it's 2024 and sometimes even 25, but we've got the entire summer where these 23 kids are going to get more, have a lot more free time to be driving or flying, taking all these visits and coming to Oklahoma. Because if you're looking at how he's recruiting, you know, we're still focusing on Texas and Oklahoma. So those guys, simply can drive on a weekend and they are those guys are visiting often but they're also focusing on sec country and a lot of florida those guys can't make it out as much as often as we'd like so the summer is going to be where we're going to see all those guys travel especially if they have summer programs like summer ball seven on seven programs that travel summertime is probably going to be pretty active for them just to go around show more schools and oklahoma is going to be a stop for a lot of those kids. So we're, we should start, I think it's fair to expect like recruitments to start really coming in July, August, September. Once we start rolling into the senior season for all these guys, when some of them just want to have their commitment nailed down before football season so that they know, like this is, they can say, this is my school. It's cool for them. Like at the end of the day, they're still high school kids. They get to go around campus their last year they're already the big guy on campus being one of the best football players probably on their team and maybe probably the best football player on their team for most of them and they get to say i'm already part of like one of the best football programs if it's oklahoma or alabama like it's at the end of the day it's a bragging thing for them too and they get to live it up as 17 18 year olds while in high school and then some some of them will be early enrollees Others will will have to wait through December and Christmas time. Then come January, like Brum said, with Grayson Halton, we'll see a lot more kids in January and February when they're coming up to that last moment to to sign that letter of intent. So I really don't think it's anything to worry about. Maybe start worrying if you there's not much activity in regards to visits from 2023 kids middle of summer but that doesn't seem to be the case. I think we're just going to be fine. It's just a different staff. We just something new to get used to because even us, like when we talk about recruitment all the time, when we with Lincoln Riley, like we are had, what was it? Seven 2023 recruits as of last summer or like late last summer. You know, it was something and, crazy like that. Yeah. Like it's just not the case anymore with Brent Venables. And it's because he wants, once you're committed, you're a sooner. Like that's the expectation from you just like you would expect us to not be recruiting someone to take your spot and, yeah. and it's a vice versa. Thing. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think we're going to see it rolling. I just want to kind of emphasize like how great of a job that the staff did to get him to commit. And I just want to do like, you know, the last thing I got to talk about, cause I wanted to look up the roster and kind of go through this as far as his prospects of playing, not this fall, but I'm talking about in 2023. Um, so when you look at this roster, and I'm I'm assuming, and I think you agree with me, that he's going to play interior uh, along the line, the defensive line, most likely. Um, Jeffrey Johnson, you know, graduate transfer, 
have a great year. He's probably going to go to the draft or, well, I mean, he's going to be run, running out of eligibility. Isaiah Coe, uh, he's a senior. Granted, he probably has another year of COVID, uh, COVID-related deals. Uh, Corey Roberson, he's a redshirt junior going in this fall. Um, he could be back. Uh, Josh Ellison, he's a senior. He could have a COVID year. Uh, Jordan Kelly, redshirt senior. Uh, Gilliam, he's a redshirt freshman. Uh, Gilliam will be there, and he will make some noise, I think. Uh, Noah Arinze, Noah Arinze uh, entering into the transfer portal, he's gone. Jalen Redman has a great year. He'd be in. The, he'll go to the draft next year if he has a great year. Um, Nathan Rollins Kambaj, gone NFL draft. I'm uh, not draft. Sorry, transfer portal. Um, and that's just that's just along the defensive tackles. I mean, right there, um, a couple guys have a you know good year this year. They're going to go to the draft. Some graduates, whether they're good or not, you know, good enough to go to the draft, they're going to be gone. And a few transfers. Um, I just feel like that there's going to be a path for him in 2023 to play. I mean, granted, I know, I know there's a transfer portal and some kids will probably come in, but I, I really think he could play as a redshirt freshman. I think it's very possible. I don't know if I completely agree that he'll be in the interior, but that's definitely his best place to get starting time sooner because, mm-hmm. you know, that like you, like you just went through the roster, that it's going to thin out come next year. Um, but the key to that is he needs to gain significant weight over the next year, year and a half, because at two, let's just say that he gets up to 285. He can still probably manage to, to do well, but like, it, I don't think it will be enough to to be at his full potential like we'll definitely see some flashes if he comes in and plays at 285 but he needs to get there like 270 is still pretty light to be playing interior if you stick to that lower weight he'll probably be playing on the edge where there's a lot more competition so it would just depend again on who would enter the draft because reggie grimes would be eligible for the draft if he has a big year um clayton smith would be there to compete against he's not there he's not draft eligible yet um, his fellow 2022 classmate, Kavante Henry, will be there. Uh, who else? I mean, Jonah Lalu will be there. Ethan Downs. Um, Marcus Stripling. Just, I mean, if Stripling has a really good year, he'd be eligible for the draft too. I don't, I don't think Stripling will go in the draft, but, but yeah, I mean, there, there's going to be opportunities along that defensive end in spot, but I really think that 23 and 24 classes are going to be loaded with talent along that defensive line. Um, whether he's interior um, or edge, I feel like 2023, he has a path to play one of the two spots. Um, So I think while we're, there's not a lot of hype for him. I think you're going to hear once he gets on campus that he's going to make some plays in summer ball. And then I think next spring, you're going to hear his name quite a bit as far as making, making a bunch of plays and people talking about him kind of like a, um, Alu has looked really good coming in as a transfer. I felt like he came in and then a lot of people were talking about him and during spring practice, I could see uh, Halton being that way as well. Yeah. Kind of, he can kind of have like an Ethan Downs trajectory to like Downs mm-hmm. just overshadowed last year because of Benito and, and Isaiah Thomas, there really wasn't many opportunities for him to get the playing time. But this year, like he's going to be a monster. And I think Grayson Halton is going to run into the same, same thing. Just not, you know, coming in and during the summer and the depth that's there, just not going to be 
a place for him to play next year, but plenty of opportunity, like you said, in 2023. Again, especially if he can blow up another 15, 20 pounds. If he can get 20 pounds heavier in a year and a half, there's no reason why he's not competing for an interior defensive line spot. Yeah. And that's why Venables has a, you know, chefs now for this team. Uh, That was one of the additions and the corrections that he wanted for this program. And they're going to be, I'm sure every one of these players are on a specific diet for them for a specific goal. And um, I do agree. I think he's going to be beefing up. So uh, do you have any final thoughts or closing, closing deals? Are you going to do the individual challenge for us or what? Uh, you know what? We're just gonna roll with the uh, the usual Brandon and the video challenge with these hoodats. Like he says, it's always pretty simple. Simple for these. Let us know what you think about Grayson Halton. Do you think that he gets any opportunity to play during the year this, this upcoming season? Are you excited about him? Where do you see him playing? I know that we've mentioned the outside and interior, but you know, just because we believe that doesn't mean that you have to agree with us. So tell us what you think. Um, and make sure to like and comment or like and subscribe like Brom's about to mention, because that is very important for us to keep growing and, you know, maybe get a couple of sooner, uh, you know, home game ticket giveaways next fall. Yeah. Hit the like video or hit, hit the like video, hit the like <laughs> button, turn the notification bell, uh, comment on the video. Let us know what you think. Uh, follow us on social media, like us on social media, find us on Apple and Spotify. Everything's linked below. And we will catch you on Friday. I don't know if it's going to be another recruiting video or a hoot at, but we'll keep you guys on the edge of your seat. Catch you next time.